So if you have not seen the movie Honk for Jesus on Peacock, I think it was in theaters as well, but I watched it on Peacock starring Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall. If you have not seen it and you hate spoilers, do not listen to this episode yet. Go watch the movie if that's something you've had on your to do list to watch and then come back to this episode. Okay. All right. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The movie Honk for Jesus. I'm so glad that I listened to Nikita and Cameo and a few other people who tweeted me. Oh, Rika, what are your thoughts on Honk for Jesus? You should watch it. You should watch it. I think it's right up your alley. I think it's um, something that you're trying to encourage women women to not do, um, meaning how Trinity was acting. (laughs) And I definitely saw myself in her. Now, have I gone to that extreme of trying to pray for a man hoping that he will change and staying that long in a marriage. No, obviously I've never been married, but I definitely saw myself in her. And when I saw it, of course I was like, yeah, I could do an episode on this. But then I started thinking and I'm like, you already, if you've been listening to single you, the podcast, you've been listening to me, Rika for a while. I think you would know what I would, already say about Trinity's behavior um, with Lee Curtis and the movie Honk for Jesus. So I wanted to think outside the box and I was like, let me get a male who didn't grow up in church. So we could talk about this movie and the actions of Lee Curtis and Trinity talk about their actions through his lens. Cause I always wonder like people who, who don't go, grow up in church, do they just be looking at us like we crazy? Like, why would Trinity, what is happening right now? Like, why would you do this, you know? And so I wanted to have that conversation. And we did. And I think you are going to thoroughly enjoy this conversation. He said a lot of things that I did not expect. You know, I prep a lot of my guests. I let them know the questions and I always leave it up to them. If you want to go over the questions and tell me your answers and we can go over that, we can. Or I'll just give you the questions and then when we record, I'm hearing it for the first time, which is my favorite thing to do. I love to hear their answers for the first time, right? Um, And so that's what we did. When he answered (laughs) these questions that I had for him, I was thoroughly surprised and I enjoyed the conversation. and I love the way that it went. And he's my friend. So I got to learn a lot about him through this conversation. Um, His name is Mel. He's from the podcast called the Pre-Internet Friends Podcast and very different from this podcast who is for faith-based black women. But hey, if you love podcasts, I think you would enjoy his. So I will link that in the show notes, of course. So some of the topics we talk about, well, one in particular that I actually want to point out, okay, Okay, wait, before I get there, of course, I'm going to ask him, have you ever had a conversation, you know, with your parents about what makes a healthy relationship versus unhealthy? You know, that's the first question I ask pretty much every guest on my podcast, right? Um, And then he'll answer that. And then also I asked him, you know, the way Trinity was acting, do you ever feel like you stayed too long in a relationship with a woman um, like Trinity? hoping she will change, praying she will change. You know, have you done that before? Um, And his answer was, again, I was thoroughly surprised uh, and happy with this conversation. I was so excited about this conversation we recorded uh, last weekend that I wanted to drop it early, but I kept saying, no, Rika, you drop on Thursday. You stay with the Thursday. Issa Rae doesn't drop insecure or rap shit early. So you drop it on the day you say you're going to drop it. So anyway, the conversation is great, but there's one question that I wanted to point out 
a question that I asked him that really, I loved his answer and you're going to love it. Oh my God. I just love talking to men. Anyway, that question was, what is loyalty to you? Right? Because some men may say that Trinity's loyalty is like, oh my God, that's exactly, that's what we want. Or no, that's not what we want. You're crazy. I wouldn't want that for my daughter. I wouldn't want that for my sister or what have you. So um, anyway, great conversation. I hope you enjoy. If there are any questions that I missed, because I do feel like even in this hour, I missed a lot, but I can't have a seven hour conversation, right? You wouldn't listen that long. So if there's any questions that you want me to ask him, um, or another male or whatever, you know, you're always allowed to DM me, hit me up, hit me up, you know, and I'll try to get that out to him and maybe we'll do another episode or, or maybe not. And maybe I'll just post it or, you know, slightly touch on it in another episode. So you are allowed to hit me up with any questions, any clarification that you need from myself, um, and or him. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and get into this episode with Mel. Uh, of course I'm going to play an ad. Please listen. Cause that's how I get paid. I'll play the intro. And then we'll go into the conversation uninterrupted. I said, how did you wake up this morning? (laughs) What's up, girl? My name is Rika. And thank you so much for listening to Single You, the podcast. Whether you've been listening for a while or you just stumbled upon me. Hello, I am a certified NLP life coach. Now, NLP, let's get nerdy for a second. It's Neuro Linguistic Programming. You can Google the rest of that if you want to know the rest of the nerdy stuff, okay? So I'm certified in that area, a.k.a. the single girl's life coach. I am a self-love coach and a boundaries coach. Listen, I got that boundaries and that self-love on lock, okay? (laughs) All right, so I am your host and also the founder of this podcast and Single You Academy, which is my online coaching program, community, and resource for single women. Now, before we get into the episode, let me just put a little disclaimer out there, all right? I am not a licensed therapist, so I am not to replace a therapist. But I will say this, a lot of my clients, they have me as their coach, and then they also have a therapist because it is my job to hold you accountable to the things that you say that you want. So if you want to stop tying your worth and identity to men and stop being a man pleaser, you need help on that self-love and boundaries area, then I would be the coach for you. And maybe one day that coaching relationship with you and I, yes, yeah, it's me and you right here, hey, <laughs> will happen one day. You can always reach out to me. My Instagram is open to you. On Instagram, I am just me Rika. And of course, I will put my name in the show notes. All right, that's it. I'm your host, Rika, and let's get into the episode. This is Single You, the podcast. I feel like I say this all the time, but I, I would hope that people who listen to my podcast know that I don't have men that I don't respect on the show. So um, are we calling you male today? I feel like you have a few names, but 
Today I'm yeah, I don't, I don't want to go with my stage name. Let's just keep it light. <laughs> okay, so today's episode is going to be about the movie Honk for Jesus, which shout out to Nikita. Um, she's been on this my show many times, and she's a former client. She was like, Rika, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. So I was like, bet. So I did, but I didn't want to just do like an episode about my commentary of Honk for Jesus, because I feel like for those of you who listen to the show, you kind of already know what I would say. So then I was like, I want a male perspective of this movie and how Trinity was acting with uh, Sterling K. Brown's character, which for some reason, the name of his character escapes me. But yeah, I forgot what his name was. But anyway, I'll figure it out or not. Anyway, it was Sterling K. Brown's. But I wanted a perspective from a male to see how he thought about how Trinity was acting, that whole realm of it. And then I was like, even another layer, a guy who didn't grow up in church, um, like I did. Okay. His name was Lee Curtis, by the way. Oh, okay. See, let me write that down. Yeah. Lee Curtis Childs. Yeah. So I picked you because uh, I know you from Facebook and I kind of like the way you talk. I kind of like the way you put thoughts together. So I had asked you to be on the podcast and for some reason you said yes. So I want to know why'd you say okay. yes? Why do you wanna... yes. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity for us to have candid conversation in a safe space. You know, I, I've heard a few episodes of the pod and this feels like a, a safe space. You know, you make it clear who your, your target audience is. And, and yeah, sometimes having a second perspective helps. And I, I thought you, you know, you went with Facebook. I thought you would have led that you were a fan of my pod and this is how we got here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've listened to uh, the pre-internet, what's up, a pre-internet <laughs> podcast, right? Mm-hmm. You have right, because that's, that's, that's where you've heard me, heard me speak, so. And I was like, oh, he puts thoughts together with a lot yeah. of not. So uh, anyway, so I want to ask you the first question that I ask everybody on the podcast. I'm sure you already know what the question is because it's the first question that I pretty much ask everybody. But uh-huh. is, has anybody ever had a conversation with you about what makes a healthy relationship versus unhealthy? Absolutely not. And do you think that was at your detriment? Absolutely, it was. I yeah. can say very candidly, it it set me back at least 15 years. Really? Tell me more. Um, well, you know, I was uh, I was very deliberate in getting out of the game. You know, I, I got married at an, what would be an early age by today's standards. Yeah. Uh, I was 25 when I got married. Um, but there were more red flags than I could uh, I could even realize. And I didn't recognize at that that point that, you know, I shouldn't be proceeding. You know? And then because it just I didn't come from a culture where we had those conversations, you know, um, my mother, my brother was married when I was 18. He, he, he got married at 18, I should say. Restate that. He's eight years older. So it's not like we were opposed to marriage, <laughs> but in terms of like what your marriage should look like, uh, you know, what are the things you should be avoiding? What are the things you should be aligned, aligning yourself with? I never had those conversations. And then when uh, when things, you know, fell apart, I had everyone from my inner circle come and say, hey, you know, I saw this was a red flag, um, but I didn't say anything to you because oh. you looked happy. And it's like, what? I hate <laughs> like, that. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I, uh, I like if you if you're in the inner circle and you can't be the one to, you know, say something, who can? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's crazy. Okay. So, um, and you can, you don't have to like go super deep if you don't want to. Right. Um, but the red flags that you feel like you passed up, can you, what were the, like, can you say like one or two or again, you don't have to go super deep. I'm not here to. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's just things. I know that's no problem. Um, so let me see. She she had a child when I met when I met her, which wasn't you know which wasn't a big deal, obviously. But what was a red flag that I didn't I didn't catch it was my my aunt, who's my mother's older sister. What she she noticed was that when she described at the point that I met her, she was in postgraduate school, um, and she described having her son but never having him. You know him living. Uh, temporarily, he was living with his grandmother. At least that's how you know it was presented. But she took such joy in not having to be a, like a mom. You know what I mean? And in my mind, I, I was maybe twenty three at that point, twenty two. I didn't think anything of it. it. Just meant, oh, you got more time to kick it. You know what I mean? But that would later later would be a reoccurring theme in terms of what type of structure she was seeking. You know what I mean? Like, so I had a, a nanny and all this kind of stuff. Like, you would have thought it was a reality TV show, the way we were living, you know? Okay, dang, and for your aunt to tell you that. And your aunt told you that early on? Yeah, early on in the divorce, yes. Oh, in the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> right, not, not, not early enough, no. Yeah, so I was like, dang, maybe aunt was trying to look at you, but, you know. Okay, um, okay. So then why do you think at 25, right, you wanted to be married if you said, you don't feel like that's how it was structured? Why did you want to be married? Because that's what people do. That's what you wanted since you were 12. Like, okay. So let, let's get right. married at 25. Let, let's, I can dispel that from jump. I did not have uh, dreams of being married as a pubescent boy. That wasn't what I, I grew up playing basketball and other sports. Uh, what I was going to wear on my wedding never occurred to me. Um, I think ultimately what ended up being a driving force was my daughter who, uh, you know, we got pregnant very early on in the relationship. Uh, I want to say it was about six months in, like super early. And that redirected the entire trajectory of things, you know? So yeah. I thought I was doing doing the right thing. Right. So I've heard that from a few men in my life that are friends, um, that are friends with me and that are married now or whatever, or maybe not married, but if they had a kid, especially in their twenties, they thought they got married because they thought that was the right thing to do. And now they're not married to that same woman. So I just, I don't think a lot of, or maybe, yeah, maybe a lot of women do realize that or whatever. Like you guys do try to do quote unquote the right thing. And you do bypass, um, some of the red flags to try to make it work for the kid, which I think a lot of people think only women do that, but no, right. And yeah. to be fair, I didn't, I didn't actively, you know, like consciously qualify it as I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. It was just subconsciously, I'm like, okay, now I have to approach this differently, you know, uh, and go into like build mode. Uh, she, she, we probably wouldn't have lasted it to the next summer had she not had gotten pregnant, you know, but um, once that, once she, she was pregnant, it was like, all right, 
let me let me get it in gear and got it got it okay yeah. and your brother um so i do want to get to the fact that like you didn't grow up in church and i want to get back to kind of like the theme but i do want to ask this first is your brother got married when he was 18 which means you would have been what like 10 yes do you yes. feel like your brother has ever no had no no i'm sorry i misspoke he was 21 i was graduating during high school so he was he was he was 21 i was 13. okay and right. so even having that kind of i don't know if you call him a role model or whatever did mm -hmm. he ever have conversations with you later like when he knew he was about to get married was he like yo <laughs> let me tell you what this married life is like because is he still married I what's that story mm -hmm. Yeah, they just celebrated their 24th anniversary. Oh. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Should be, a, no, 25. Yeah. I think they're a quarter century in now. All, or just about to celebrate it. Um, he was my best man in a wedding. But he was also, at this point, he was living in Georgia. He lives down in, you know, Atlanta, metro area. And so as a result, you know, we... Um, we didn't have as much, you know, quality time to to rap about those types of things once he came up. And I don't know if he would have had that conversation days before, you know, like that's a conversation you kind of have when you are considering proposing. And I didn't have any forward conversations with him at that point. You know, it was like, I don't, at least I don't recall, but I've always kind of been headstrong in that way. Like, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing yeah like i'm doing it yeah and that gets mm -hmm. <laughs> which so by the way for those listening you're in brooklyn your brother's in georgia and also yes. i understand like the eight year gap because there's a seven year gap between me and my little brother so if i didn't know what was going on i probably wouldn't say nothing to my little brother either like what <laughs> i don't you know I don't, mm -hmm. know I don't know the relationship i don't know the dynamics so i understand okay so let's move on to the <laughs> you didn't grow up in church, right? So I grew up in church. I'm a very, I'm a church girl, as Beyonce would call me. <laughs> okay. um, and so Honk for Jesus really resonated with me because of the way that I feel, especially Black women, are groomed to be. And it's never about anything else other than stay pure so you can get your husband and you better by all means make sure that the relationship lasts. And you do that by praying. You do that being a good Christian woman. So you must stay in this relationship in order for you to be, quote unquote, again, a good Christian woman. And so obviously the movie resonated with me. And so then when I reached out to you, you being a male, first of all, and not having grown up in church, and I knew that you watched the movie, I wanted to get like your overall yeah, first, let's do the overall thoughts of how Trinity was as a woman with Lee Curtis. You, was that his name? Lee movie? Curtis, yeah. yeah. Lee Curtis Childs. Um, yeah. Like, what did you think of her? Like, were you like, yeah, this is how women should be? Or, because by the way, spoiler alert, and I had said last week on the uh, podcast uh, that I was not gonna hold back, like I'm saying what the movie was. If you haven't watched it, then you might wanna stop now. But through all of these things, he was, gay having sex with men maybe other women as well i think there was a woman in there that uh you know cussed him out when he was on the street but and even through that trinity who is regina hall's character stays and thinks that oh i can just pray or whatever she was thinking so mm -hmm. 
I guess I want to know like your initial thoughts of the movie, like watching it. Are you like, this is stupid or yes, women should be this way? It was a lot, it was a lot to process. It was a lot to process. And it's a lot. I felt conflicted about many different, you know, aspects of the movie, but I thought Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall, they, I thought they did an amazing job at uh, bringing those characters to life. And, you know, Regina is still bad and Sterling, I'm definitely about to renew the gym membership. He was, he was putting in those, I tell, you could tell he put in the work, like, all right, it's time, I gotta, I gotta step it up. But, um, Okay. I, my my takeaways from it, I felt like I felt conflicted. I felt conflicted. So when we just talk, when we when we're talking about what it, you know, what should she have done, right? And and I don't know if he was gay. You know, at the very least, he was bisexual. He was still, you know, having sex with his wife, and you know, he might have still had an attraction to men as was that evidence really? <laughs> like I mean, was that sex? okay anyway go ahead sorry go ahead. yeah that was sex I, I mean that's how it works <laughs> oh so yeah it was conflicting it was conflicting which is what I, I think they were shooting for I didn't feel like she was a complete victim okay let's talk about that too so yeah I, I think I don't think that the movie the producers whatever and I've heard Regina Hall on The Breakfast Club talk about her character and what they thought about it too. I don't think that they were trying to answer the question of what is right, how long you should stay, how long, no, no, no. I think it was just a mirror of, is this what we're doing? Cause it, 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 does this make you happy? Like, why are we doing this? Um, so yeah, so you're right. It, it's, it's just, nothing is like black and white or right and wrong. It's just, we're just having a conversation about how we would want to live, how we want our daughters to live. You have a daughter, how we, you know what I mean? So, um, okay, let's go to what you just said. You don't feel like Regina's character, Trinity, was a victim. Right. Or 100%, right? Is that the word you just said? That is, in fact, what I said, yeah. Okay, explain. Well, um, she she was the, the first lady of the church, of a mega church. We know what that what that comes with. They they kept you know flashing back to him uh, giving uh, sermons when he was at his peak, and you know you could hear the 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 braggadocious talk, right? Uh, having high end calls, things that he had a private jet, and uh, you know like and the church itself, which is a real church, uh, at least a real church building, that was a gorgeous. Right. Looking building, you know, um, and he was dressed to the nines. Like there were a lot of privileges that came with being the first lady of this church, as she was shopping for, you know, three thousand dollar hats for, for you know, for her Sunday wear. Like, yeah, they they were getting to it, you know, living very humbly <laughs> as servants of the Lord in a multi million dollar setup. So yeah, when we start speaking about her victimhood. Right. There is a sense of entitlement that she felt and not just as, um, you know, not just as his wife. Right. But as the, the first lady of the church, because she she was in the trenches with him at, at in, in her mind. I mean, and she was right. He, she's running. He's running his sermons by by her, you know, it's the Saturday evening babe, you got to change that. You got to tighten that up. You got, like, you could imagine that that was a regular, a, a regular norm 
in their relationship. So yeah, she was with him in the gym. He didn't just do, you know, lose his congregation. He lost their congregation, right? She was vested, you know? Yeah, that's the message I got too. It's like, um, I remember my friend Cameo and I, we did a, a whole episode um, on how we contribute to our own suffering. And Regina's character was definitely contributing to that because she wanted that status of look at me and look what I get to do while I'm being a first lady. Yeah, sure, I gotta deal with him being with men and all of these, whatever, whatever, but I get to buy this $3,000 hat and I look good doing it. Um, and she actually had a breakdown, because again, at what point are you like, this is too much and I don't wanna do it? Because she actually had a breakdown with her mother. Mm -hmm. Saying things like, oh my gosh, I'm working my butt off. I'm working towards this. I don't know if we're working towards the same thing. She had a moment of vulnerability, like this may be too much and crying in front of her mom. And then her mom looked at her dead in her eye and was like, I mean, are you really a Christian though? Cause you, right. what I hear through these tears is that you want to give up. Right. But us Christians, we don't do that because the Bible says God hates divorce. So, and, and pray without ceasing and all of these other scriptures and quotables that people want to regurgitate to make people feel guilty which is why they won't get a divorce right so her mom looked at her dead in her eye are you a christian as if you get if you get a divorce you're not and she listed those things like look what you look at the blessings that you get because you're married to lee curtis which is the plane the cars the hat so it's like at what point what i think that movie was trying to at least the message i got at what point is enough enough? So I do want to ask you if you've ever been in this situation as a man. But before I do that, let's talk about the comment of me saying you didn't grow up in church. It's not like you're an atheist, right? Like what, what is your spiritual, do you, what's your relationship with God, I guess? Or how do you view that? Right. I, I, at this, I think it's best to quote a great scholar, uh, Pusha T, says, I believe there's a, god above me i'm just the god of everything else right like that that's kind of my energy um i don't have any any uh questions about if there's a god my i guess resistance would be to uh, most of the teachings of the organized religions you know that that are practiced you know but don't say when you say i didn't grow up in the church that just meant as a, a every sunday staple um i can you know count on my hands the number of times that we were there every year, you know, for the Super Bowl events, you know. But uh, my father, he grew up, now remember, I'm a product of the 80s. So New York in the 80s, the, for a lot of African-Americans, you, you had the 5% movement, which is an offset of the nation, you know, the nation of Islam. Um, so like my name, Jamel Shalik, like that's, <laughs> you sound like, you know, you're coming from a certain certain place, right? Um, but he had that, he had that, uh, ideology is his foundation so he did have a bible but he also had a quran and my mother she grew up in a, a christian household but she wasn't an active member so it was a very you know lax foundation okay. in that sense so do you feel like you didn't get the guilt and shame of i have to do like x y and z in order for god to bless me with x y and z or in order no. for yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah i can answer that cleanly no it's not fair do you know how, how free i would have felt all i mean i do now because i've done a lot of the work and my relationship with god is so different 
than it was when I was 14, right? Um, but the freedom that I wish that I had when I was young to just, I don't want to say like live how I want to live, right? Because I do think you reap what you sow is very true. Mm -hmm. But the guilt and shame of like, oh my God, I kissed a boy and I wasn't supposed to. Like, you but was wait, but was that guilt and shame directly from the teachings of the word or from maybe the disappointment of disappointing your father or your parents, you know what I mean? And, and their teachings that are a reflection of, of the biblical teachings. Right. I, that's such a good question. So I think it's a little bit of all of it. So I think because when I say like the church taught me this and stuff like that, it wasn't my parents. My parents never told me, oh, you wait till you're married. That's what we do in this house. They never told me that. But I did see how my other cousins were celebrated when they did wait until they were married. And it was announced okay. at the weddings and I'm in the wedding and I'm 15 and I'm 19 and they're like, and they waited and they didn't even kiss until da, 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 da. And it's like, oh, was I supposed to do that? Oh shit. Like, and I didn't. And then also just, you know, once you start trying to figure out who God is outside of your parents' household, there are a lot of mixed messages bad messages, bad theology, bad teaching that can sway your, I guess, opinion and how you view yourself as a Christian woman. Just like her mom asked her, you are not a Christian if you get a divorce, which God never said that, right? Yes, yes, there is a scripture that says God hates divorce, but I truly believe that God loves us so much that he would actually want us to marry who he would have us marry, right? And then not get a divorce, not just marry whoever, because that's what people do. So if you're marrying somebody and you realize in the marriage, like we are not suitable, this relationship is not fruitful, flourishing or fulfilling. Why are we still together? Leave. That, and Yeah, go ahead. Uh -huh. No, I'm sorry. I, I mean, that, that's a great question on a philo philosophical level, right? But marriage has always had a duality to it where there is the business of marriage and the impact of marriage spiritually, right? And that is as old as religion itself. And so I think even in this movie, right, the, we're emphasizing the, the, the Christian impact of the quality of her marriage, but there, she is still very much engaged in the business of the marriage, which is, you know, it's par for the course. The, the, the contract, it's not just a vow, it's a business contract as well. And, you know, that's as old as, you know, the teachings. Maybe it's the patriarchy or whatever, right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. it could be. Yeah. That's, the, that's not the conversation they want to have. It could be. Right, right. exactly. And I, I've always wondered why a breakup, a divorce is like the worst thing somebody could do. When people break up, oh my God. And sometimes the people who are going through the divorce or breaking up, they're actually happy. Right. So I understand why that is such a failure for us. If you get a divorce, you are a failure. Why? If it wasn't working, it's not working. So I just, I, I don't, I don't want to, I no longer want to subscribe to if we break up, if I'm with somebody and we break up, it is the worst thing that I could have ever done. You are a bad person. You got your life together. You must be a horrible person to live with. 
you couldn't keep your man, you don't cook well, you're, you know, whatever, your pH is off, whatever they want to say for the reasons why the relationship is over, whether they be true or not. But why is that like the worst thing to do as a human is get a divorce? I, I just, I don't want to subscribe to that anymore. Well, can I, I can let you in on a little secret. Yeah. I think most people aren't subscribing to that any longer. The, uh, the divorce rate in the United States is almost 60%, if I'm not mistaken. The, and I think it just came out that Christianity for the first time is not going to be the most practiced religion here in the States, uh, that its membership you know, uh, nationally is shrinking. Uh, there are many people on a personal level who have this you know, abused survivor-like relationship with the churches that they grew up in because of that iron-fisted you know, moral superiority that the ministry kind of uh, heavy-handedly applied. And now when people, quote, break away, like you're not looking back, you know what I mean? And I know far too many people who have shifted the emphasis onto their relationship with God, which argue should be censored and paramount from the beginning, but you know, the business of the church and the ministry of the church are two separate, <laughs> two separate things. Cause any good pastor will tell you, well, you notice I'm not gonna get, but any good pastor will tell you that the church is the congregation, not the building. But every church you go to, they have a building fund. And you're going to pass that thing around a couple of times if you get it back and it's a little light. You know, so it's like the business of the church is a little separate than the ministry. And this is where it gets conflated, you know, right. which I thought, which is why Hunk for Jesus was so appealing to me. Right. Because Hunk for Jesus is more about the business than the ministry, which Jesus is about the ministry and not a building. Jesus didn't even want us to have a building. What is this? That's why he's flipping tables and everything. So, okay. Okay. All right, so let's move on in the conversation because <laughs> I don't know if women know or if I know. Well, maybe I do just because I have friends that I have actual deep conversations with. But my question is, have you ever stayed too long in a relationship? Hoping yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, so a PTSD just now. Oh. Um, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So what trinity is doing and whether it regardless of she's staying because she likes the title of first lady and the perks that come with it what i believe she's also doing because two things can be true is hoping that he will change because she even tells her mom i'm work I, where i see him changing and i am working towards this but i don't know if we're working towards the same thing because I could imagine that she would rather be with a dude who's not sleeping with men and not having all these, um, uh, what's it called, lawsuits. Um, and he was sleeping with women too, basically just cheating. Like, how about we just don't cheat on you? How about that? Like, let's just be married and it's just us two. So I think that's what she's hoping for. Like, I got to pray just like my mom did so he will change because the Bible say you have not because you ask not and you should pray without ceasing. So I got to do all of these things so he will become the man that I want him to become. Do you feel like in your situation, the one that you said yes about, you were doing the same thing? You were hoping she should change? Or why do you feel like you stayed too long? Okay. So I, I answered prematurely because, you know, I, it was like, yeah, I thought the door opened, I ran through it. Um, <laughs> so in terms of staying too long for, for those reasons, believing that I 
had the capacity to change someone. That I, I never stayed too long for those reasons, right? Uh, that, that stands in direct conflict with my ultimate belief, which is in free will, right? That we are free people, we're not slaves to anything, right? That everything we're doing is in alignment with choice, right? And every day, like if I'm in a, a relationship space, every day all I can do is wake up and choose you. I'm under no obligation to do anything. All I gotta do is stay black and die. That's it, right? And so, yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm not in the business of trying to change people. I think that if we are moving towards the same goal, right? We're constantly working to improve ourselves individually and collectively, then we should, it should net out at us being in a better place incrementally. Uh, what I stayed too long for was managing my obligations and responsibilities um, in terms of my kids and, you know, a house and, you know, the, a lifestyle that I'm like, all right, there are implications to me walking away just willy nilly. Um, you know, and that was ultimately to my detriment, but I never tried to pray it away. You know what I mean? I, I really, I, I, I mean, that's, a, that's taking an action. That's not an inaction, but that's not impactful enough. I believe when, like in this situation that I don't think that's enough to, like, you got to pull him to the side, Lee Curtis to the side. So look, you want these biscuits, you got to keep it in your pants. And at one point she said something to him when he was having a little interaction with, with, with the dude. You know, like we don't need another lawsuit, you know, I mean, which is I thought was telling because then it's like you're, you're confronting the fact head on that he still is prone to making these types of decisions. Right. Like when my Angelou says, when somebody shows you and tells you who they are, you have to believe them. Yeah. Um. So when, when you say that you stay too long for your obligations let's talk more about that like what do you mean by that like you felt like oh I'm, i have to stay here because i have these kids with her yeah there were financial implications to me not being there we were living above our means you know it's a six-bedroom house thirty-six hundred dollar mortgage like that's that was grown growing up stuff you know what i mean and so just uh i had because of the way we came together I was in a space operating for a long time where it was, you know, uh, just being content at my kids are getting everything that they that they need and most of what they want. I'm, I'm killing myself, but whatever, you know what I mean? Like bigger pictures can't be forever. Right. Um, and so in that, what was lost and I didn't realize it was lost until I was like slightly removed from it. People start asking me like, hey, you know what's gonna make you happy in terms of what I should be pursuing. And I didn't know how to answer it, all right? I didn't, I, I literally didn't know what the answer was. I, and I had to stop and say, I don't remember the last time I just did something because it made me happy. I'm like, that is a freedom that I haven't enjoyed. That's like reserved for children. <laughs> like, I, well, what makes so you happy? You were operating in that relationship. You were not moving in a space that like, oh, this makes me happy. You were like, this makes her happy and the kids happy. This is something I have to do. Like This is how men in real life have midlife crisis, right? You wake up one day and it's like, look, everything I'm doing is to maintain a house that I don't want, a lifestyle that I don't need. And it doesn't make me feel whole. I'm just, I'm just running. Like I, my situation was a little intense. You know, I was working uh, full-time and 
and some, you know, uh, in school full time. Then it was I was a foster parent as well, uh, and very active with, you know, social services, uh, and with their engagement for prospective foster parents and new social workers. Like, you know, I was just being pulled in a lot of directions. Team no sleep. You know, it's 168 hours in a week, and you know, I could count. Uh, it was quite a few times where I, I didn't see more than 30 in any given week. You know what I mean? Like that's that's not something that's sustainable. But I did it for far too long. You know. So I just want to make sure that we're hearing you correctly, right? So the the divorce is not happening because things got real, right? Like oh, I had bills and I had foster kids and I was pulled in different directions. What? So was it how she was also operating in? in that like it was more so her that you're like i cannot be married this is not gonna work with her it's Correct? uh or was it the bill you know what i mean like or was it just right. like not real so it was bills and i left no you know what it it, it it really came came down to it was almost a bait and switch where i was sold on her being one person and when it came down to it so like you're really not that person Right. And it was evidenced with some of the conversations we had early in terms of like what the big picture goals are. Right. And it's like opening up a community center where we have uh, supplemental instruction for, for children, um, health care being provided, uh, an outlet for physical activities, you know, courts and weight rooms and all. And it's like, you know, and doing that in an at risk, in quotes, you know, environment. And you know, whatever the, the goal is, you need to have a plan. And regardless of how that plan is structured, what has to be at the center of this, when you are looking to go far, is discomfort, <laughs> right? You have, to, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And she wasn't willing to be uncomfortable. And at every step, particularly major, uh, you know, major impasses, she chose her over us every time and and her over us is a is the way to frame it it's not just her over me you know what i mean like she made decisions that let me know it she was team her where i was being asked to be team us which meant we were both working towards serving her you know what i mean like that's that's nuts you know what i mean right okay so it sounds like the like her character changed or maybe didn't change or maybe it didn't right <laughs> she presented right. herself as such and ended up not being as such and i definitely understand the frustration of you know i'm gonna be playing for me but you have to play for me and us like that's you can't have that in you know a relationship that is going to be healthy so then that leads me to my next question of loyalty and let me actually read the word shout out to cameo hey bison um because I told her I was going to be talking. I was like, I'm going to be talking to a dude. He saw Humphrey Jesus. And like, what do you want me to ask him? And Cameo will always be having a hard hitting question. Hi, friend. Yes. So it's perfect segue because I feel like you just spoke on what I could perceive as, or I could assume what you would think loyalty is. So Cameo said, loyalty is number one on most men's lists for a woman. You happen to be a man. She says, 
what does loyalty look like to you in this situation? And do you have the same expectations for yourself to her? What does loyalty look like in general and explain? So we're going to have to, this is like three steps here. Right. So you want to start with the movie? Yeah. Let's start, start with the movie because she said loyalty is number one on men's list for a woman, right? Like the number one thing. What does loyalty look like to you in this situation? Meaning right. Trinity's loyalty, air quotes, to leave mm -hmm. her. Do you feel like that's loyalty and that's what every man wants? Like I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> And I okay. want to stay next to me. Clearly, you, you, you felt very strongly about Lee, Lee Curtis's behavior. I did. <laughs> like, and listen, and I'm not somebody who is, if, if you've listened to my podcast, you already know, I hold women's feet to the fire. Because if she was my client, I'd be like, but <laughs> he is doing these things, but you are staying. So what does your behavior with men show you about you? Mm. So what does Trinity's behavior show us about her, right? I get that. But we th women think like, because we have this, especially in the Christian lens, I am a better Christian woman if I get married and have these babies. For some reason that we think that makes us higher in the eyes of God, which is not true. It's not even biblically sound. It does not even say that in the Bible at all. But anyway, we are taught that, right? Stay pure, then you get your Boaz. Stay pure, then you get your Boaz. And then we end up at 45, like Trinity, in this cycle of dysfunction thinking, well, I have to be loyal because as my mom asked me, am I even a Christian if I walk away? Right. That was a powerful moment. Um, loyalty is a, a funny thing, right? Loyalty is a two-way street. Loyalty only going in one direction is foolishness. It's almost slavery. Like, that's not... That's not the way to go, right? So it's an ongoing relationship. We need to say that one more time because I feel like we need to pause. Loyalty <laughs> is what? Say that again. Loyalty is a two-way street. It has to go both ways. It's bi-directional, right? If it's only going one way, that's not loyalty. That's, that's foolishness, okay? And that's generally speaking, right? So that's one part. Yeah. Then when you say, is that, your, is that a man's ideal uh, woman? All right. And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Emphatically. I can't say that. Yes. Like how they say it? Yes. That's what you, yeah, that's what you want. So the other part of this, when I looked at it, right, I'm like outside of. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I want you to finish your thought, but I'm okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. So when we start thinking about, when we start thinking about the dynamic between them, all right, you have, obviously the impact of the church and the sense of obligation that she feels as first lady. And then you also have the self-serving interest that she has as a, as a, as a person, right? Regardless of her, her title, she's there for her own reasons as well. But there's also a part of her who feels trapped, I believe, because she loves this man, right? And I have never and I say this, and I mean no offense to any woman who, who can claim to have loved me throughout my years as an 80s baby, but I don't recall feeling the type of love that a woman would have to have th that Trinity had for Lee Curtis. When they say, I'm going to love you by any means, I'm going to love all of you, 
I have never experienced that. Chris Rock said men are only loved conditionally, right? Only uh, children and, and pets, right, are loved unconditionally. Men ha- are loved conditionally. And I have, so I have never been loved wholly like that. That, that That's very appealing. A, a beautiful, you know, short-sighted fool, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, even like that type of love. And, and so that's that's the part of it that I think has has not been brought up. And is, but I think it's there, you know, love all of me. That don't mean I want to do all these abusive things, but lo- like if I want to play 2K instead of doing laundry, love me still. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's going to sound crazy. She got, she got the. It's not, no, I, I, I honestly, it like hurts my heart that you feel like I, you've, your experience has been never being loved fully, like fully. I would make the argument Mm -hmm. and like, don't cry for me, Argentina. I'd make the argument that most men, particularly men who are in the States, don't have the experience of being loved wholly like that. Okay. We live, and that is a direct byproduct of living in a patriarchy. You know what I mean? Just like chivalry is. Because you got, you feel like I'm here just to just be a provider. Well, not just, but right. There are con- there are conditions for being the head of a household. Okay. You can't just show up and say I woke up like this as a man. Okay, that makes me so sad. Okay, so let's put I mean, that <laughs> let's let's put that on a shelf because I get it. I hear you. This is a safe space. Your experience is your experience, and I you that is yours, hundred percent. I understand. Okay. What I think women would say, especially uh, Trinity, there we go. I was like, what's her name? I've done that for every man. I've loved him and I stuck around because he cheated and what have you. That's what I feel like I'm hearing right now as she's driving in her car to work or walking her dog, washing the dishes, is that the women that I talk to feel like we have given that. I can speak from experience from I feel like I have done that and allowed bullshit to happen and me mm-hmm. around with that and cameo even tweeted um because I feel like at now at this big age of 39 this would be now my greatest fear because I'm not doing that again and so cameo we are like on the same wave and she said that haunt for Jesus stirred up a fear for me and a reality for many women our loyalty to the men we love will have us looking like a damn fool and we're still gonna stay. Cause we feel like that's what black, strong black women, right? Like, oh, black women, nothing like love from black women, black women, black women. So not only do we get it from the religious side, it's like black women just do this. Like we are gonna stay with you regardless. So I guess my next question is, and you kind of touched on it, staying with somebody like Lee Curtis, is that like, do you expect that type of love? Like if you, so you've never experienced it, but do you expect her to stay even if you're cheating? Even if, you know, you're not doing all the things that she needs for you to do for her to feel loved as well. Are you like, yeah, she's stay. That's exactly what I want. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I feel like I'm a little too practical to expect the woman to to stay through all of that you know it, people 
hashtag goals, all types of toxic relationships, right? Shout out to uh, Chris, Christian Rock and, and Blueface, who, you know, I don't know if you saw that. He just knocked out her father and then tweeted, I'm her daddy now. Yeah, what a time to be alive, right? Whitney and Bobby were, were relationship goals for somebody. You know what I mean? And I, I joke about it. I said, well, one thing uh, Bobby didn't do is play by his wife, right? But, you know, you don't want to be in a coke-filled, fueled relationship. Um, so, no, I wouldn't expect that of a woman. No, to be answer your question, I would not expect that. That's not practical. But at the same time, um, you know, what's normal now is, 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 is dangerous out there. It's scary. So, okay. So let's go to, because I feel like Honk for Jesus is a bit out there, right? Like, I'm just, <laughs> let me tell you one thing. I can love hard. I'm a cancer, right? That's what they say about us. Oh, no. oh Lord. Just from knowing myself and seeing myself in my past relationships, like, I really be putting the work in. But so let's go to uh, Issa Rae and Lawrence. Okay. Because I, I could hear a character like Lawrence saying what you just said, like, feeling like I've never been. Uh, loved for all of me or whatever. Like, I feel like Lawrence could say that in the first couple of episodes because Issa Rae did, Issa, well, Issa, whatever her last name was in the show. Issa's character steps away. Is that mm. what you mean? Like, um, do you a woman to stay in that situation? Like, how did you kind of handle the emotions of the whole Issa and Lawrence relationship? Oh, well, I don't know if I framed it through an emotional lens, but... <laughs> But uh, <laughs> right, because a lot of men were like, "Yeah, you left me at my worst." Like, and now you know, blah blah blah. So, right, if you weren't with me in the gym, um, and if you really paid attention in the finale, not even the finale, the last season, you have the complete arc uh, coming full circle. You know, Issa made she made direct reference to feeling like she was with him during those rough stretches, and now he finally got his shit together. She should be able to, you know, she put in the work. And that is that level of entitlement or, or I think it's a level of entitlement, but that whatever that is, I think is something that exists in the real world with relationship spaces with particularly with, with women. Um, I can't really speak to, you know, the like, other, but yeah. Like we made him. There was well, this like is, yeah, right. so th this is the active conversation I have with, with men who are, married almost three decades like in my regular my regular day-to-day -day. and so he off the gate one of my guys says look all women are crazy right <laughs> and, and i'm like i'm like how to make this make sense I'm like you know what, what's your interpretation you know like what's your your definition of crazy and he says the difference between men and women and he says the difference between men and women are that men would look at a woman see the things about her that he likes, sees things about her that he doesn't like and says, okay, I can work with that. And we'll commit to that, right? As she is. So, oh, she has curls. She doesn't wear her hair straight. All right, I can dig it, right? Where a woman, and this, we're gonna say nine out of 10 women, will see a guy and says, oh, he has these things about him that I like. And he has these things about him that I don't like, but I can work with this. I can change him into the man that I want him to be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Right. Right. So that, no, that that's, that's a big thing though. That's not a minor point. And so 
when you have that just that, that's in the regular experience but now you have this i have the ability to mold you using the hand of god as a as a secondary force when you start talking about women who are raised in the church right because now you reinforcing not just what your expectations of him should be as a man or as a husband, but then it, you want it to be in alignment or you're pushing for it to be in alignment with the biblical teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Um, yes, I will give you the, because this is where I was. Oh, okay. So he's he believes in God. I'm attracted to him. Anything else I can we can work together and I can make him this and then yeah, it's build a bear. Okay. So, um absolutely. And most of the uh clients I work with, that's where they were. And so being where I am now and how I see it, it's just I, let me just see who he is and let's see if I can rock with that. And if I can't, then I'm out. And that has been so easy the past yeah. four years, almost four years of cutting it off when I, I I'm not overstaying my welcome no more cutting it off when I say, okay, well, he's showing me who he is and I'm going to choose to believe him and not having to have so much of the tangible evidence of what I'm already feeling in my gut, which I feel is my God voice, right? And um, an episode coming out with me and Cameo, I think uh, in a few weeks here on Single Youth Podcast, we talk about that. And there is this balance of women like to touch the hot stove a little too much. like. They told me the stove was hot. Mm. We'll see if it is, and then then it gets too hot. And so there's that balance of: Do I give him grace? In Lawrence's case, do I give him grace and stay? Like, how long do I stay? How long do I stay? And I could also argue, Issa leaving actually did catapult him into who he needed to be because he left. Like, there's, right. there's the episode that I do with my cousin Linnea where we talked about how we do ruin good men because we stick around too long. And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean Lawrence is a bad guy. Lawrence was never a bad guy to me, but- Even when he had the threesome and, and underperformed? Well, he he was not with Issa at that time. <laughs> if I'm speaking in the realm of like, if you're my okay. name, like okay. you're not with Issa, so do what you do. And I'm sorry you didn't perform very well. How embarrassing. But, <laughs> but you said something that I have to, I had to go get, and I hope that I can find this. Um, it's so funny how, like, you even not growing up in church, like, you can uh, say things that I have said that I feel women act, right? Because you said something about women feel like we're the hand of God and so we can mold him. And Sarah Jakes Roberts um, is, she said this in her book, woman evolve and I'm like this is what we do and we have to stop doing this like we are not God we are not women I know that we love you know well God could be a woman and da -da -da. we are actually not God we are God's little g but not God anyway I think this is the part let's see okay so Sarah writes the worst thing we can do in a relationship is make ourselves God over their lives or allow them to become a God in our life sometimes what a person needs more than anything is not for us to rescue them but for us to trust God with them. I'm thinking of so many of my friends who have sought to restore broken relationships. It's difficult for us to comprehend what seems like a simple notion, but a heart doesn't have to be wicked to be toxic. And a toxic heart doesn't make a person evil. It simply means they need healing, but we can't provide the kind of healing they need. Because listen, 
And so that's mm -hmm. what I just said. Like, Issa couldn't save him. I can't save you. So I got to go. And I would argue again, like, that is what made him become who he is. Now, whether Issa can claim that or not, uh, I'm not saying that per se. But if I'm no longer your enabler, you may go out and do better. And it ended up working out for them. They got back together. Cute. It's a movie or a show. That's what happened in shows. Will it happen in real yeah. life? I don't know. But there is that saying, if you love something, let it go. And if it comes back to you, it was yours. Whatever. Right. Who's that? That's DMX, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace to DMX. Okay. Okay. So now let's go to, well, did we already answer it? What does loyalty look like for you in particular as a 37-year-old man? Whoa, you just want to put my business out here on these internet streets? Listen, um, listen, I'm older than you. So if you guys old, like I'm pushing up on 40, literally. Okay. And here we at. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I don't think well, we answered that question. Like what you said was deep about, you know, not feeling that type of love, that trinity. It gave to Lee Curtis. Because I, I want to know, so now you, 37-year-old man, not in a movie <laughs> with Regina Hall, what does loyalty look like for you moving forward after this divorce, if you start dating again? Right. Oh, okay. I see what you did there. Um, so loyalty, it definitely, it, what it means, it changes because um, it's tied to perspective. Right, and perspective is not in terms of reality. Uh, at 37, I don't know if I have a clearer picture of what that looks like. I know I have a different picture though of what it looked like than when I was 17, you know, in, in 2022, right? When I was younger, it was just, hey, don't embarrass me out here. Uh, you know, do you represent me when you're outside, you know, and don't do anything to me that you wouldn't want me to do to you. And like, that's a very like basic <laughs> application. Uh, I think what loyalty would look like now is it's still kind of simple and basic too. Um, is really having somebody that didn't move in a way that was going to be hurtful, um, particularly with a dishonesty about the core things, right? So you like you you lie about where you you know what you're doing, like that kind of stuff is surface. But if I, if we say, hey, this these are the things that we're gonna form uh, a connection around and build on, you know, and can you uh can you you see that through? And it's like, yeah, and and the person knows that they can't or they don't believe in in the vision. And you know, they're moving against you. Like that's when it's disloyalty in a relationship. You know what I mean? Honestly, like cheating and things like that. Like that, or stealing money. I've heard of crazy stuff. People stealing from their spouses. Uh, right? That that kind of stuff doesn't even come to mind. You know, when when you have a real vision of where you're going, um, the you know, as a man, what you need from your a woman is to be complimentary. Like people love this idea of men and women being equal. And it's like, why would any woman want to be equal to a man? Like, you know, in a lot of, a lot of ways you guys are straight up just better. But I think ideally, if, if, if we're running at full speed, a, a man is at his best complimentary to a woman at her best. 
You know what I mean? We're not the same. We're, we're, we're different. We're complementary to one another. And so that's where the loyalty comes in, like being true, not just to me, but to, to, to us, to that vision of us moving forward. You know what I mean? In unison. And that makes sense, especially like knowing even more than what you've said on this podcast, I guess, what you've been through, like in quotes or whatever, like mm -hmm. somebody doing the bait and switch, right? And um, so I do think that is, that's a great answer. Again, this big age, I, I don't know why I love saying that. Oh, this big age of 39, you know, when you're 15, you feel like, oh my God, it's so old. And I'm finally here and I'm like, <laughs> I'm still 25. But um I have a similar answer because to me, it's no longer about like, oh, I got to make sure he doesn't cheat on me and I'll survive that, whatever. I, I already know I can walk away from something like that. To me, because when you were explaining your answer, I'm always like curious of, okay, well, how are you going to know that what this woman is saying to you about her values, what she's working towards, is true, right? Besides having time pass. So my whole thing is always like, what who you say you are and your actions that gotta match up. Loyalty to me is the character of a man and him being loyal to himself first. Because if you're loyal to you, then it trickles down from there. And so what do I mean by that? By you saying as a man or whatever, I want to do these things or I'm, you know, uh, working on this or I'm doing that. I'm like, okay, is he, you know, if somebody's like, Oh, I want to, I want to learn how to surf, you know, and I've known you for five years and you've never took a lesson. I honestly, I probably wouldn't trust you to be with me because mm. you are not even doing the things that you say you want to do. So right. really, like, that's what I look for is like, are you being loyal to yourself? And obviously there's no perfection. It's not, you no, know, but you, you get what I'm saying, right? There are people who say they want to do these things and then they never get to it. Right. Those are the people right. I, I just can't rock with no more. I can't do it. You don't, you don't, you don't truly know who you are. You, you are saying these things because you think you're supposed to say it or whatever the case may be, but you never get around to it. Oh, I'm cool. You're right, and that that's actually quite profound. And if you're applying that to relationships, that that probably is a natural uh, filter. It might save you from a lot of a lot of uh, lack of follow through. Because somebody who's not going to keep it real with themselves, you know, they're definitely not going to keep it real with you. Or at least that's, that stands to reason. Yeah, it's like the person who gossips about everybody else to you guess what they doing about you to the other people behind your back? Like that mm -hmm. is, just, that's just human nature. And I don't think we understand that enough if we're not doing the work, right? So this guy, for me, I would have to, he has to be obviously doing the work. And part of that is doing the things you say you want to do for yourself. Because I, I would always want you to choose you. Always, right? And not in a like, the space where we were talking about, oh, well, she was choosing her and then wanted you to choose her, you you know, her and us, right? I'm not talking about that, but I do think that there is um, a level of you always having to work on yourself for you to be the best version of yourself for me. And I have to do the same. So that's, right. that's really loyalty. Right, right. If we're always in a state of transitioning, 
right? As we should be, because we're always looking to improve, be better. The goal of today is to be better, a better version of you than yesterday. All right. Yes. Okay. So let's uh, let's wrap it up with this. The, the last question I had. So how did you view relationships and love in your twenties, around the time you're getting married, and you know, blah blah blah, versus oh. how you view relationships and love now at 35. You did say something earlier where I'm like, oh, I like that. And I, I may bring it up, but I don't want to bring it up right now because I want to see if you say it again. But yeah, what's the difference between now at 24, 23, 22, about to get married versus on the end of that? Okay. Uh, this is a safe space? Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you something. And it's just me and you talking, right? No one else is, is in the room. Nobody uh, no, uh, I mean, okay. So I, like my, my ex, right? Mother and it was a spouse and companion. I had, I had a, a great deal of love for her at, uh, you know, at various points. Right, but I was never like that. This is what you stay up at night, you know, dreaming of in love with her, right? Um, and like I, I have friends, childhood friends who have known me since before I had hair on my legs, you know, like that could attest to this, right? My best friend, I would tell him he like he knows he knows me as better as well as anybody else. And so, like, even physically, she wasn't completely my type, right? But what was guiding me at that point was this notion that if you want to go somewhere that you've never been, you have to be willing to do something that you've never done. And, you know, it being a surface level connection and then rooting out something deeper after the physical uh, connection is established, like that, that model didn't serve me any longer. And um, and so, yeah, so at that young age of 22, well, you know, if you if you know anything about basketball, right, like Kobe wore the number eight jersey before the 24, that was me and my number eight. So getting married at that age, that was me putting my jersey in the Raptors. I, I felt like I had nothing left to prove as a as a bachelor. You know, I, I was getting bored with. Already, you, uh, well, you was in these streets then. If he was already no, bored. let's not let's not frame it like that. I would just say I was doing the work. <laughs> I, was, I was outside doing the work, <laughs> trying to figure out me without damaging anyone's daughter. You know, and, and so I, so I know I know I want you to finish, but it's just <laughs> it's just interesting how we, especially when we're young, right? Like because. The first question I always ask is, did anybody have a conversation with you about, you know, healthy versus unhealthy? And so you're not having these conversations about getting married and you should do this or whatever. And then you're 22, like, I need to get married. <laughs> like, what? Like, it's like, who? where did that thought come from? Like, because this is what people do. People get married. My brother's married, so I guess I should be married. Like, it, it's, it's just so interesting, our thought processes when we're young. So, like, this is what I do. I wish, I don't... I, like hindsight is is a, you know hindsight is twenty twenty right. I don't want to say I I regret my decisions, but could it have been helpful if I had someone at that point say, hey, 
count to 10, this might not be what you should pursue. I think it could have had tremendous value. Uh, I didn't have a person um, that did that adamantly enough if, if anyone did do it because clearly I, I proceeded. So um, yeah, I, I think what changed is now though at this ripe old age, you know, over 35, or how, how do you phrase it? This, what was your catchphrase? This big age of 30. This big age, right. So this big age of, of 37, now you're dating me. Um, I think what ends up happening is I'm looking for qualities of, to see how lovable a person is. Does she have the capacity to be loved fully? Does she have the capacity to love me fully, right? And this is going through um, constant self-evaluations and evaluating uh, other people, you know, men and women, but their contributions to my, my frame of reference now is the sum total of all of that, you know, in the last th three decades, plus with an emphasis on the last six years or so, where I'm looking at things critically uh, and things that, you know, are just would have been triggers perhaps in a relationship setting. Now, when you look at a big picture, it's like, look a little deeper, you know, it, it, it resonates on a different frequency, right? For example, so just to, to bring that to a full point, if it used to be for me, a slight red, red flag, if a woman had an ex that the, you know, conversation about him trying to get context in that relationship, how it ended, or even like at that present moment, she still had a strong, you know, uh, reaction to like a visceral reaction. Cause I'm like, look, when you, you move past somebody, you know, when you're done, the opposite of love isn't hate. People always like stand on that, but the opposite of, of love is apathy. You become apathetic. That's complete indifference. I wish you all the best. You know what I mean? And, and so when I look at it now, no, right. Like that was my, my maturation process. But then I arrive at a point past that looking a little deeper where it's like, look, if she is still wound up, um, with feeling strong feelings for this person who legitimately perhaps traumatized or did all of these things to her, she might not be in a place where she has the capacity to love me the way that I deserve to be loved. Black man, you know what I mean? And so it's like, okay. <laughs> so you look at it a little deeper now, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's a red flag, but it's a red flag for a, quite a few different reasons now. It's not just the, well, can I, can I date a woman like that? Because yeah, you probably could date uh, a lot of women that you couldn't even see yourself marrying because, you know, but if, if you're being deliberate about what you're doing, you're doing things with purpose, then you could streamline that whole process and, and we, you know, weed through it. So a couple of things you said, um, and I'm going to have to write down because I know I'm going to forget. So the first thing I do want to ask is you said, does she have the capacity to love me? And is she lovable or something like that? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Like the capacity, like, do you know? Oh, I wish I could rewind because you said something. <laughs> um, dang, I wish I could rewind it. But how, like, do you know how you want to be loved? Mm. And do you feel like you're gonna, how, like, how quick are you gonna be able to spot that in a woman? Like, or, you know, kind of what's your process as you are out here in these dating streets? I, I mean, look, the, at the end of the day, what we're doing when we when we are 
courting somebody, when we're interacting with somebody, what we're doing is teaching that person how to deal with us. This is the terms of, uh, of the relationship. This is how I need you to deal with me. This is how I want to deal with you. Oh, that doesn't work for you. Okay, so I'll do this and I'll do that, right? I, I, I want to say maybe a year ago is when I started strongly, I don't want to say requiring, but strongly suggesting that any woman that is interested in me seriously, hey, give a read uh, to the four agreements, all right? Just so that we're on the same page because I was an English major in undergrad. I say all the time, words matter, right? But when I say something, we're not going to deal with what I said versus what you heard. Like there's always going to be noise that misconstrues the message, but yeah, I, I need to make sure that what I'm saying and what you're hearing are the same thing and vice versa. So we need to be impeccable with our words. We need to have an agreement on meaning on and, and not allow biases, past experiences, traumas, uh, religious differences, or any of those other things to become noise. You know what I mean? It prevents a lot of confusion unnecessarily. Being on the same, having the same language. Um, mm-hmm. Just shout out to my cousin DJ. We've been on the podcast before. We talk about that all the time. Like, being in a relationship and being on the same page and having the same language. So, which by the way, yes, the four agreements, that is one, that's the first book I make all my clients read. Like you will be reading the four agreements. And, and honestly, cause that also helps me get on the same page as them as coaching clients. So yes, the four agreements is dope. Um, so um, you said something about like intentional dating at this time and, and um, so do you feel like that's what you're doing? Like you're way more intentional than you were when you were in your 20s? Absolutely. Not even close. I'm wearing the 24 now. You know, this is... That's right. The, right. The eight is up. Now I'm in the 24 and it's a different. Like you don't jump the same. You don't run the same. But the game slows down. You see the whole court. You don't have to try as hard. It comes more naturally to you because you have the experience to rely on. Okay. What's your definition of love? Right, right. And you can talk about maybe the difference between 20s to now, because there's a total difference for me of what love was at 15 and now Rika at 39. Okay. Well, yeah, that, see, that that goes back to the free will perspective, which might not be in alignment all the time with necessarily a, a Christian lens. I've had women who grew up heavy in the church push back against that notion that, hey, this is free will that I'm, I'm demonstrating. Um, but what I, what, why I emphasize that and I, I stand on that at all times is because I never want what I do to go unacknowledged in a sense of, oh, well, you had to do this, right? Because expectation is the depth of appreciation. As soon as you, you get into the pattern of expecting something, you no longer have the same level of appreciation for it. You know what I mean? Oh, that's regular. Well, you, you didn't have a choice. I always have a choice. Sometimes I hold my breath so I'm just not on the same breathing schedule. Like, I don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, I, everything I do is a choice. <laughs> so, like, that oh that's... I hate you so much. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my energy. Like, we're not going to diminish anything that I do uh, out of, oh, well, you, you had to do that. I didn't have to do anything. All right. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm joking. But going back to love, you know, somebody who who recognizes that as a black man in this country, there are, are often things that are, are out there that can emasculate, that can that can you know 
cut you at the legs that can prevent you from from being able to stand up as a man broad shouldered square chested and you know but in a relationship space like no nah, this, this this is me all right i'm here i'm here by choice and we're going to build on on these shoulders you know what i mean and and you can by leaning into that as as my partner like you're seeing me all right and it's like oh that's not a a version of him that's not the best version of him right that's all of him and we can go from there I feel like, dude, what is that um, uh, interview with, um, oh gosh, I hate when I think of someone I can't remember who I'm thinking of. It's Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin. Oh my God, I remember. Yes, yes, yes. And their conversation and how James Baldwin was like, I don't, I have to be this person outside of the house. And of course I'm going to make mm-hmm. but. And, and so I can't be this with you. And Nikki is like, but we want that, right? Like, we, that's been, right. But that's right. what she I said, She said, fake it, fake it for me like you fake it for that white man at work. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, because you can't come in here and and having this, like, macho attitude and beating me up and tearing me down because you are so angry about the world out there, right? Like, I still need you to be soft with me. I still need you to open up with me. And that's where I think, I did not even think this conversation was going to go this way, but that's where I think we're missing. Um, that's what I think we're missing for us, right? Like, I know you're a black man, you want to date a black woman. I'm a black woman, I want to date a black man. But that's what we're, we're missing, is that y'all don't realize we want that. Like, all that you just said is wonderful and great, and that sounds great. But y'all don't be showing us that side. So how can I love all of you if you're not showing it to me? I mean, listen, we this is a tough time to be be single, be dating. The city girls are up, the city boys are competing. You know what I mean? And and I know, I know firsthand, I don't, I hate to be so anecdotal, but time and time again, right? You men are vulnerable with women, right? They 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 walk them inside into the, the inner chambers, they show them who they are, they get reveal their deepest secrets. And when things uh go a little left when there's tension in a relationship, what does that woman do? She then weaponizes the, the most hurtful things about him that she could. Oh, fuck you. That's why you got six toes or whatever it is that <laughs> he's insecure about, right? <laughs> or sensitive about or, or emotionally triggered about because then it's about hurting him. And so in that, in that environment, how do you not have your guard up? It's oh, I mean, I gotta, I gotta make sure that I don't let her see too much because then I'm gonna give her the ability to talk to me crazy at some point and that's not gonna go real. Oh, and then at what, right. And then at what point do we both decide, black women, black men, that we gotta get over that fear? Actually, let me say that. I'm gonna answer my own question. Back to my answer of like loyalty, right? And that's why I say like dudes who are not working on themselves and cannot locate themselves, which I have in my almost four years of you know, <laughs> being abstinent and all of that. I, that was one of the things that I decided, like, if you can't, kind of like your rule, like if you ain't reading the four agreements and we not, I can't even rock with you like that because you're not even, if you are not able to locate yourself, then you would not be the person that I would want to be vulnerable and soft with. You know what I mean? So I feel like as men, and I, I have had this conversation with my male cousin as well. Why are you dating these women? Cause he said the same thing. 
This is a woman who's clearly showing you she's not doing the work. So yes, she's going to weaponize that against you. She's not grown enough. I don't care how old she is, um, you know, as far as what the, her birthday says. If she's not doing the right. work, of course she's going to do that. So we got to make better decisions. Because, yeah, we can say as much as we want to say, well, my mom didn't do this and my dad didn't do this, whatever, but now we're 35 and over. So what are you doing for yourself to make sure that you are not having those reactions when somebody hurts your feelings? Wow. Um, make better decisions. Date better. Right, right. Like, I, I forgive the ego. Of quoting myself, but I say all the time, so yeah, we are only the sum total of our decisions. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, you you have to start making different decisions, and when you make different decisions consistently, you'll tend to have different outcomes. Yeah, um, you know, better is relative, but different is a little more noticeable. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I just. I don't know. I, there is no right answer, right? Like I don't have the the blueprint. There isn't a blueprint, and I, I think now what we're realizing, as evidenced in Honk for Jesus, yeah, I'm gonna bring a full circle. Uh, what we're realizing is that the Bible isn't necessarily an ironclad uh, blueprint. You know, it, it can be a guide, it can be uh, you know a, a tool, but it can't be the end all be all. Because obviously it didn't work for Trinity Curtis. So I Drops my uh, yeah, I will agree with. So I think I've definitely had this conversation before on this podcast on many episodes. It's the Bible is not a rule book. It's not a book of. It's not a dictatorship. It's not even a history book. That's why the dinosaurs aren't in there. Um, it is just a guy, like you said. That's perfect. It's a guide. That's all it is. And it's not the recipe for getting perfect marriage because, number one, there isn't a perfect marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that because I do want to move on. Uh, I guess I have one more question before. Because I, I feel like we had this conversation, right? And, like, the women that you have dated in the past and me telling you make better choices, um, you not growing up in the church and not feeling like you're super, I guess, religious. I don't know do you want to date like a Christian girl? Like would this, would a girl like Trinity be like, nah, I, I can't even, we're not even doing that. Again. Yes. To, to answer your question. If I was in, in the midst of a battle with my demons and you could make the argument that my demons were winning, right. <laughs> Regardless of what those demons were, would I want a woman that would be willing to stick by my side in the midst of that turmoil that'd be willing to throw the white makeup on and praise dance uh, in front of an audience of one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I would. Yes. That's, that's what I need in my life. That is what I need. <laughs> yes. Are you going to throw in the white makeup with the, come on, let's, let's get it together and work through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you want to pray in woman. That's basically what you said. Not, I mean, let me, let me, I'm not actively seeking that out. Right. I'm not actively seeking that out. But when you say, when you when you take a second and you're objective, is there is tremendous value in having a woman that isn't going to activate her flight, uh, you know, muscles when things get get a little thick, right? Because that that fight or flight, and it's flight every time now, right? That's why the divorce rate is almost sixty percent. It's flight. I don't need this. I got options, right? I'm popping. That's what this social media tells you. That's what Instagram tells you, right? You, you popping. You don't need him. 
and what what they say, black women you know and black women they used to try to pit us against one another oh you don't need a nigga i don't need him for anything you know it's these these fake pseudo gender wars but it, having somebody that is going to be 10 toes down solid and you know like look if i'm doing the work if i'm trying and things don't go to the way that i anticipated my failure and that endeavor doesn't mean that i'm a failure as a partner that that's the end of this relationship that it's not a condition right my my success is the prerequisite for my uh, status as a husband or a boyfriend if a person isn't tying your worthiness to what direction you're trending in professionally right that that already in the age of 2022 it's nasty outside right in in this climate like nah that's 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 tremendously valuable and that doesn't matter if that person is of christian faith buddhist uh hindu you know i mean like if that's your energy that's your energy okay i hear you all right do you feel like we covered everything do you have any questions for me um well you never told me what your your definition of loyalty was Oh no, I, I told you it was him working on himself and being loyal. Oh. In love. Well, you, that's what it started, but yeah. as it pertained to you. Yeah, I mean, that's like the biggest thing to me because how you treat yourself is how you're going to treat me. You know what I mean? And yeah, of course, I don't want somebody cheating on me. I, I do want a dude, I do like the four agreements reference because I do love the impeccable with your word. Like, I, that is my favorite <laughs> agreement, right? So loyalty to me is doing what you say you are going to do. If you say, I am this kind, kind of like what you said, I am this kind of man and blah, 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 blah. I want you, okay, same energy for years. <laughs> you know what I mean? And obviously, like I said, no cheating. I want respect. I want to be, you know, as Jesus said, like we are his bride, right? Like women are, we are supposed to be loved in a certain way. And I would want my guy to figure me out and love me in that way. Like, I pray for that. Like, God, whoever you have for me, I hope that he sees me the way that you need him to see me so that he can love you the way that you made me. I, I need to be loved a certain way. And I would want that. And so I would want a guy who um, is sensitive to that. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Okay, so I just want to point out to the listeners, I want to break your fourth wall for a second and just say, sounds like you just took a lot of my answers. So yeah, well, you know what you said. <laughs> no, 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 because uh, no, that was my answer. The big thing for me is you always working on yourself. Like, because again, you not cheating on me and you treating me the way that I want to be treated and all of that is an extension of how you treat yourself and the work that you're doing on yourself. So that's the foundation. I want your foundation to not be made of sand. I want it to be made of cement. I want the rocks. And so when the wind blows, you still 10 toes down. This is who I said I was. And so this is who I'm going to be. The, the um, like I said, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the outcome, but I guess of that is you treated me great. So I don't, I'm not going to have to worry about, I want to know you, know you. So if somebody is like, so I have a cousin, right? <laughs> I feel like I'm going on a, a lot team. of cousins. Okay. But, right. And I don't like to say names because they tell me things. No, no, you're right. Right, right. Shout out to your cousin, though. Right, right. So I have a cousin who has been a um, 
a victim of a, a group of people trying to make her believe that her husband is cheating on her. Mm. That's something I can tell you offline or whatever, because it's for a reason. But she knows him, knows him, knows him, knows him because of his character that it is not true. So she doesn't even have to question. She'll show him, of course, like, look what they sent me today. It's funny. Look, they said that you was at it with Tiffany and Ruben. You was, you know, like, I want that relationship that even if somebody does approach me as a woman, I have to tell you, da, 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 da. I could be like, that's not even, that doesn't make sense. That's not even him. Because his mm. character is X, Y, and Z. So again, if you are work, if you are consistently working on yourself, you're number one for you. Your relationship with God is number one for you. I'm not going to have to worry about all the other stuff. Like if I know your character, I mean, there was a, in Hunt for Jesus, Lee Curtis says, you don't get to pick, I guess, like the battles the devil gives to you or whatever. Oh, I understand that. So if you know this about yourself, like I I'm, I do have a wondering eye, I do kind of like men too, but I really want to be more like, you're not going to put yourself in those situations. He kept putting himself in those situations because he doesn't respect her. You're going to stay anyway. You showed me that you would stay. Wow. That was the takeaway that he didn't respect her? He did not respect her. Not on that level. Is it is it possible that his his demons were stronger than his will? It is possible, but why do I got to put up with that? So at that point, I leave because what's the cutoff? It doesn't make me a better person because I stay with you trying to help you pray away your demons away if you can't even keep yourself out of those situations that are setting you up for failure. Like that whole scene in the basketball uh, when he was playing basketball with that boy and he flirting with the boy. And she mm -hmm. has to walk and be like, what are you doing? We can't have any more lawsuits. Why should I have to tell you that? We're grown. We are not 15. I'm not telling, no. Mm -mm. So can I, can I raise a point? Yes. What if she wasn't speaking to Lee Curtis, her husband there, and she was speaking to Lee Curtis, her business partner there? And she probably was. I don't want that type of business. If that's the business I'm setting up, because I, this is not a business model I want. If this is, if this is, uh, if this is love, if this is being a better Christian, if this is the business of marriage, then I don't want it. I will be single for the rest of my life. I'm not doing that. Mm. I handle you playing 2K and you ignored me for whatever. Sure, play 2K all you want to. I'd rather that than what she went through. I'm not staying. And also I know that I'm privileged because I didn't see that. I didn't grow up like that. I did not. So that to me is not normal. Shout out to the Robertsons. Yeah. Shout out to my mom and dad. So we're not going to see Rika out here praise dancing on the sidewalk. We can praise dance for something else. What do we okay. need to pray for? Because I will pray for my husband. Absolutely. I will be praying for him, but it's not going to be at my detriment. I don't... <laughs> don't believe that that i don't i always ask myself is, is this god's best for me if jesus sat on my bed today and was like yo my homeboy want to talk to you would it be him and it's not going to be the dude who cannot make better decisions it's not going to be him mm, that might be mm, okay i hear that i'm receiving that yeah so okay are we done <laughs> I got this, is your, this is your vehicle i'm in a passenger seat I know, I know. Okay. So, all right. So I asked everybody this at the end. Did we cover everything? Is there anything else you wanted to say that you feel like we missed that you would like to say before we end the episode? 
I just I just showed up. I didn't, and, you know, I'm wearing my Obama shirt. I don't know if you, you know, what I mean, I'm just <laughs> I'm just here. I didn't I don't know. I feel like we we were here with a purpose. The call was to uh, address honk for Jesus. I believe we did that. Oh, yeah. And one more disclaimer. I will never tell you I'm an expert in this area. I am just speaking from my lens and what I learned by being in an abusive relationship, by not knowing myself, by not having self-love for myself and not knowing how to set a boundary to save my life, girl. So just remember that I'm speaking from my lens. And after 18 19 years of radio. September of 2020, I stepped down from my full-time radio job to focus on what God is calling me to do in this season. And this is it. I'm called to guide you, girl. I'm called to guide women who need to hear that singleness is not a punishment and you are worthy regardless of your relationship status. That's what I'm here for. So if that's you, I want you to share this episode, especially if I say something that resonates with you. Share it with a girlfriend. Sharing is caring. Also, can you subscribe to this podcast? You will be notified once a new episode drops. So definitely subscribe and rate. Rate this podcast. Okay, please. I don't know if you know how much it actually helps like a host like me, an influencer, how much a rating, a share, a like helps us. So please help this small business owner, me, Rika, that's me, (laughs) by rating this podcast as well. Lastly, my intro. Here's a fun fact. It comes from my old morning show. I used to have this morning show on a station here in the Tri-Cities called Power 99.1. And my friend, my co-worker, one of the greats in production land, James Tyler, he had made that for me for my morning show, the Just Me Rika show. And I was like, yo, on my podcast, I need that intro back. (laughs) And he made it for me. So thank you for that intro. Thank you for the production, James Tyler. Uh, Of course, it was inspired by Beyonce. All right, girl, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to Single You, the podcast. And we'll talk on the next episode.